Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Comic Book Talk, where we talk about everything in comic book entertainment. Movies, shows, comic books, you name it. I'm your nerdy host, Nigel Suarez. Before 2008, superhero movies were big, but they weren't as big as they are now. We had five Batman, three X-Men movies, five Superman movies, and much more. Even though most were great, they never really were box office behemoths. However, in 2008, Iron Man came out and the Marvel Cinematic Universe was born. Today, we're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with my guest, Sean Chandler. Sean is a movie talk YouTuber with 166,000 subscribers. He's a man who loves talking about movies. He has many opinions about superhero movies, including the Marvel ones, and I'm excited to talk about it with him. So, Sean, are you ready to talk about the giant that is the MCU? I am ready. Uh, it is what I love to do and why I started my channel, because I uh, love to talk movies and nerdy stuff way too much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, why don't we start with this? Are you a fan of the MCU? Yeah, yeah, I've always been a fan of the MCU. I mean, I grew up watching comic book movies. Uh, one of my very first memories of going to the movies was seeing Batman 1989. And so, you know, and then I had the old Superman movies on VHS. So when I saw we were getting an Iron Man movie, ran over to my wife, was like, look, look what we're getting. And she's like, who's Iron Man? It's like, you don't know who Iron Man is. Well, we're going to get a movie about him. So you're going to find out. And then, uh, you know, the movie was such a pleasant surprise. And even though my wife had no idea who Iron Man was, she loved the movie too, like most people. And um, they've been consistently putting out great entertainment ever since. Yeah. So speaking of that, when Iron Man was announced in 2008 and a whole universe right behind it, how did that make you feel to see the possibility of seeing the this whole universe on the big screen? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time... They, there weren't shared universes like this. There wasn't a, it wasn't the way we're used to thinking about. And, you know, Batman did Batman movies. Superman did Superman movies. Spider-Man did Spider-Man movies. X-Men were X-Men movies. And they didn't, they didn't overlap. And, um, you know, they, and when they had their Comic-Con panel before Iron Man, they, they talked about it, but this wasn't like, today with you know they weren't even on hall h at san diego comic con and we were in like one of the side panels and so it didn't make a big splash they edited at the panel it's the way it kind of played out for most of us was we were sitting in the theater and then we waited till the end of credits and nick fury walked out and we went wait are they doing this they're like they're serious about like this thing's really happening and then a month later incredible hulk came out and you watch the movie, and then as soon as it ends, Tony Stark is sitting there in a bar talking with Thunderbolt Ross about the Avengers initiative. And you're like, they're, they're serious. This isn't like just like a little tease. We've seen little teases before, but they didn't go anywhere. This is happening. And so it's pretty, pretty mind-blowing. And you're like, and in that sort of sense, like you, you're excited to see it, but you're also like, what does this mean? How is this going to work? What, what is actually happening? And, um, yeah, and then it, they, they managed to pull it off and continue to pull it off for 12 years. Yeah. So by the time of 2012, Iron Man 1 and 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor and Captain America come out. Did you feel like these movies were a sign that the universe was headed in the right direction? Um, so I had enjoyed all of them. Even, uh, you know, now I'm a little bit more cynical towards Iron Man 2. But at the time, it was it was more of Tony Stark, more of Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. 
And, you know, my criticisms of it now, I didn't feel them at the time because it was just, it was nice to have more of that thing. But since Iron Man 2, we've had a lot more of Tony Stark and all of it has been better than Iron Man 2. Um, but I even really liked that one. And um, going into Avengers, I was, wasn't sure how they would tie all these tones together. Because they're such different movies with, you know, Iron Man is normal human guy with technology. Thor is an alien with lightning and he's a god. I don't know how those two go together. And then you've got Captain America as a World War II movie. And so, and then we're recasting Hulk. That it's tough to know how that's what that, how that's all going to play out. But I'll also say this: I don't think any of the the Phase One certainly uh, prior to Avengers, Iron Man was by far the best of the bunch. And it was like I enjoyed Thor, I enjoyed Captain America, but they were had a few more growing pains. I think they were trying to they weren't as easy of projects necessarily, or, or they didn't nail it quite as much as Iron Man did. And Incredible Hulk wasn't, was just felt tonally very different and continues to feel very tonally different from the rest of the MCU. So um, it is interesting because as much as I enjoyed it, it wasn't as, it's not like it is now where they've just had so many movies where they've knocked it out of the park. At the time going into Avengers, it was like they knocked one of them out of the park and then they've made a bunch of movies I've enjoyed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's good. So the ending of the first Avengers movie hinted that the end goal for these movies was Thanos. Mm-hmm. So what were your thoughts about this reveal? Um, it was one of those moments I remember being in the theater, and you know, by that point in time, everyone had been trained to to wait because you know there's going to be a post credit scene, and so then we're all sitting there. That third act of the movie is so good, so everyone is like just pumped full of energy and you're watching it and it turns around and they have this Thanos reveal in the, it's interesting to be in the room because, you know, Thanos is now everybody knows who Thanos is at the time. Not everybody did know who Thanos was. I mean, it was comic book nerds who knew who Thanos was and we've never seen him in this universe. So even as he kind of turns around and they reveal his face, we're like, wait, is that, is that, is that Thanos? And like, you kind of hear murmurs, Who could, could that be? And then you, you could feel the room start to, the nerdy ones in the group being like, oh, that's Thanos. Here's why that's Thanos. And here's what, this, what that means is that, and you could feel it in like this actual people discovering what it was because it, it wasn't entirely clear to the general public who that face was when he turned around. So it was an interesting little experience. But then it was kind of one of those ones of, it at the time, the simple fact that they did Avengers, that they brought all the heroes together, that was huge. And that felt like, wow, they've arrived. They did it. And we, we weren't thinking phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. We're just thinking, wow, they did the Avengers. This is amazing. And you get to the credits and they go, oh, you thought that was cool? We've only started our plan. <laughs> like we're, we're, you, you, don't, you don't understand. This is, this is the beginning. This is act one. You thought that this was the third act. This is act one. We're going somewhere else. And you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is wild what they're doing. And then you know, shortly afterwards at Comic-Con, they announced that they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was like, yeah, well, they're yeah. getting weird too. Like, <laughs> yeah, speaking, and, of, speaking of that, um, so after phase two, we get some new ideas, hits and misses. What movie or movies was the biggest surprise for you? The Guardians. 
Guardians of the Galaxy because I didn't know who they were. No one did. No one did. No one else did either. <laughs> I mean, they're just not mainstream characters. They weren't characters that had had TV shows in the past because they're cosmic. It's not like they were showing up in Spider-Man shows and stuff like that. And so then you could be like, oh yeah, I mean, I've I've got a comic book here and there that has some of these characters, but they weren't to most people. They're not mainstream broad appeal. And then they announced the cast and it's like the side character from Parks and Rec is the star. Wrestler Dave Batiste is another guy. And you're just kind of going, what? Like, I don't, Vin Diesel's playing a tree that only has one line of dialogue. I don't understand. And you have Bradley Cooper in it, but he's a raccoon. He's just, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing with this movie. And then likewise with the trailers, I think they, they did a remarkable job of properly selling the movie capturing the tone of it but at the same time they didn't they didn't really give away any of the jokes like they don't the, the funniest character in the movie to me was drax and there's not one drax joke in the trailers for the original guardians of the galaxy you're watching the movie and you see him as the hulking guy and the muscle and then as soon as he opens your mouth you realize wait this guy's gonna be really funny and it's just a such a great job of doing marketing right and figuring out how to absolutely let get like wet people's appetite, but not give away the best stuff at all. And of course, it helps when you have a movie that has a lot of jokes and there's a lot of different things you could pull from. But so, yeah, I mean, that was one that I, I remember going into it just because I like, you know, space stuff and I like like the MCU, of course being excited to see it. And I actually took my, my interns with me at the time. I had four interns and we were about to go on a trip to the Navajo nation to dig out houses and build a um, food pantry. And the day before we left town, took them to go see that movie. And it was, you know, just such a pleasant, like fun thing to do before going out to a desert to dig holes. And um, the, all that week, we're quoting the movie to each other. Um, it was it was pretty amazing, pretty cool. Yeah, with Marvel expanding their universe into space, they also expanded it into the small screen. So in 2013, the MCU expanded into television with Agents of Shield, then went to Netflix with the shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, and Iron Fist. What did you think about the addition of these small screen shows to the universe? Uh, very uneven, wildly, wildly uneven. They're not. Um, consistent they're not even consistent how they tied into the movies and then it's pretty clear that some of the some of these shows wanted to tie into the movies more than the movies wanted to tie into them so i i gave agents of shield a shot but i only watched 12 episodes of it and i really tried to enjoy it uh you know it's tied to joss whedon he's not like the he wasn't the showrunner i believe it like his brother was and I love Joss Whedon's TV shows. Uh, he, he did great television for about 15 years. And then I, I just did not enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I tried to. Gave it you know, 12 hours of my life trying to, and I, I couldn't connect with it. And everyone tells me, if you make it past episode 16 or 17, when it intersects with Winter Soldier, gets a lot better after that. But it's just, that's a, it's a big ask to like, all right, now rewatch 12 episodes you didn't like, plus six more episodes you may, you won't like to get to maybe an episode that you will, as I've just never done the hard work of, of trying to do all of that. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. never really, that wasn't one I've connected with. I watched, uh, I watched all of the Marvel Netflix shows though. And they're more, they're more like cousins 
distant cousins to the MCU that are probably going to get retconned out. Um, you know, they, they say that they're attached, but there's no actual connective tissue. There's nothing really there. There's just little Easter eggs in the Marvel Netflix show saying like, hey, the incident that happened in New York, the big green guy, the guy with the shield. And so they, they make very subtle references to like, say, hey, we're part of them, but there's no actual ties. And, um, but I, I, Daredevil might be my favorite show of the last decade. And so, I, I mean, I loved that one. And then uh, some of the seasons of Jessica Jones, I really enjoyed. The first season of Jessica Jones, I really enjoyed. The first half of the first season of Luke Cage, I really enjoyed. There are things I loved about Punisher, things I, I wasn't so crazy about. And then Iron Fist was was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. So in, in 2018, it was announced that basically all Marvel television will be canceled and new shows will be made and aired on Disney+. Plus. What were your thoughts about that? Oh, I, I mean, well, I mean, the... the kind of the way it played out was they started airing the final seasons of Marvel Netflix. And there wasn't like this big broad announcement of it before all this, it was Luke Cage and Iron Fist aired their final seasons. And then a month later, there's like an announcement they'd been canceled without, with little information tied to it. Like, okay, what, what's kind of going on right here? What's going on here? What is this? And then Daredevil season three aired and, and they, there was like no promotion for it. There was very little promotion. There was like a cryptic message that made us think it was going to drop in December. And then it, it dropped two months before that. And it didn't, it didn't seem like it was kind of on the marquee of Netflix for very long. And so everybody that I know that watched season three loved it. But it seemed like way fewer people watched it because they just didn't know about it. There was also such a long gap between season two and season three and people loved season two and then all the stuff that was like really mediocre about marvel netflix or bad about marvel netflix was in between and so it seemed like it lost some of its momentum on their their best show but so it airs everyone that watched it loves it and a month later they announced it's canceled too and everybody that i mean all the people in my circles and everything were just pretty heartbroken over it um, like I made a video, it was, you know, just like, it was like me screaming in rage and I don't do, I'm, that's not my channel at all. That's not what I normally do at all. But I mean, it was just really upsetting because they were on such a creative high. For me, the show never really had any major missteps. Um, three very solid seasons that had things I loved about all three of them. And then they canceled it and they teased so many plot lines. Like this was not a series finale. It was not designed to do that. It was designed to be a season finale. And so then we found some equilibrium from the story of that season, but then it teased all these things of where it was going. And so that was very frustrating. And then, you know, two months after that Punisher aired and a a week later and all of us knew it was going to be canceled. And we're like, well, why do we even care about Punisher? We know it's going to get canceled. And a week later, it was. And it was just the way they announced it was seemed disrespectful to everyone involved. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin on Daredevil, he's on Twitter being like, hey, guys, I don't know what's going on. I don't know any more than you guys do, but here's the petition. I've already signed it. Please sign it too. Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, this guy this guy's like a, a Hollywood legend. He's been around for 35 years in the industry in major motion pictures. You know, he's obviously one of the stars of Jurassic World. I'm a made player. And he, he's saying, I don't know what's going on. Sign the petition. I would, I would love to continue playing this role. Vincent D'Onofrio was doing that. 
And so you just, you just have to imagine, I, I mean, all of us are just kind of confused by the way it played out. And, um, and then they, they properly did announce this is the last season of Jessica Jones. We already knew that, but they, before it aired, they actually said it was the end, um, which, you know, mildly made it feel a little bit better. So that's really the big thing to me is that it, I, I thought it was really gross the way they handled all of that. It's tough to be excited like, oh, they're going to do new shows on Disney Plus when I'm just, I feel like you, you just stabbed me in the back. And, I don't, and because they weren't really honest about it, you don't even know who stabbed you in the back. You don't really know. There's so many rumors about is there hope for it to come back. And when you don't communicate information, when you don't say what's really going on, people's, people fill in the gaps on their own. Yeah, and so then we're filling in the gaps in only the worst ways possible because they set themselves up the way. I'm sorry, I cut you off. That's okay. So why don't we bring it back to the happy side of Marvel, uh, which is Phase Three of the MCU? We get an explosion of movies and new ideas. What did you think about the overall quality and ending of this phase? Um, well, the overall quality of Phase Three is pretty phenomenal. They they was they'd gotten to a point in time where they were a very well oiled machine. They knew how to to do their thing. They knew what worked, and they had. I don't. I in a certain way, you could call it the best plan in cinematic history. And I don't. I think you could very easily make an argument for that because there's nothing in its ballpark. There's nothing in its category of a franchise being planned out like this. I mean, twenty three movies. And it, it comes together all, and it worked. So I say that it's the best planned franchise of all time, but th- there's no one even competing against it. Um, so I, I, you know, on my channel I do rankings. That's kind of the thing I'm known for. And Marvel's the big thing. I mean, it ch- like my channel grew based off Marvel rankings. So I think I talked about the the phase rank the phases. I know I did, and I'm almost positive I had the third phase is the top one. And I, you know, there's so many good movies in there of different genres, and they pulled it off like they landed the ship properly. And um, you know, there, there's yeah, like <laughs> it was just a, quite the achievement of what they're able to do. Yeah. So, what movie in the phase surprised you the most? Um. Well, I don't know that there was one that surprised me. Uh, of all the things that, that I can praise about phase three, there's another sense in which it was also, you kind of knew what you were getting because they, they'd figured out what they were doing so well that it was, you know, that would be kind of the criticism is that there's a certain vibe to them. So you know, Thor Ragnarok was surprising in that it's such a tonal shift. And so it was a major improvement over the, both of the previous films, I would say, certainly over Dark World. Um, but, you know, it's all just so funny in such a different type of movie in the MCU, even though it's the third film in the Thor franchise and be what, like the 18th movie in the, the universe. Um, and then, of course, Infinity War and Endgame, we knew where they were headed, but they, they actually pulled it off. They were actually really, really, really good. So that's obviously a very good sign when you're able to, to have that high of quality. So there's always something surprising in that when you're like, wow, that these aren't just good. They're really good. And they, they feel satisfying. They 10 years of buildup in it and it worked. It made sense. They earned it. So, um, yeah, we both, we both know most of the movies were good, but was there any movie that just completely missed for you in this phase? 
Yeah, uh, Volume Two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I um, that that's the one that probably the most disappointing film in the MCU for me. Of just in the theater, I was like, ooh, oh, I I don't think I like the direction they're taking this. It feels like you're trying to force all the stuff that came naturally in the first movie. They, because it is so comedy heavy, it has the the comedy sequel problem where there are these jokes that worked in the first one. So that feels like they have to do them again here. So dancing baby Groot at the post credit scene of the first movie is just so funny. It's just like so pleasant and charming. And then this movie kicks off and it's like an even bigger dance sequence as the opening credits during a battle. And it, that just feels like you're trying to force something that that's to, to, to be as funny as it was before. And then just in general, I, the, the tone of the film or the, it does some really dark stuff that I, I just didn't think um, that like whole plot lines about patricide and uh, you thousands of, you know, Star-Lord discovers he has thousands of siblings and they're all dead and his mother was killed by his dad. Like stuff that just feels pretty gross to casually throw in there and not linger on it or throw that in there. And you say something as heavy as that and as dark as that. And then the villain turns into David Hasselhoff to like soften the blow. It's like these two tones don't go next to each other. You know, the, the baby group of child being tortured. And then the next scene is like Looney Tunes humor. And even the plot, I didn't think the, the plot is one of the, the least interesting in the MCU to me. It, the way it's structured is kind of weird. Uh, each act has a different villain. And I said this on my channel whenever I started doing my rankings and everything. And by far, this is the most unpopular opinion I've ever had on my channel that, you know, whenever I do a rank, whenever I talk about the movie, like, hey, I know a lot of you love it. A lot of you think it's really funny and heartfelt. If you loved it, go ahead and click the dislike button. That's fine if you want to do that. Um, I get it. I get it. A lot of you love it. And if you need to, you know, fire back at me, go ahead. Let's just, you know, don't be too mean in the comment section. So they finished phase three. Phase four is announced. We know what movies and shows are coming out. Is there a movie or show that you were like surprised to see on the phase four list? Kind of the whole list. <laughs> the whole list. Yeah. It's a weird list. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's uh, bec- to what I just said before that phase three was pretty safe or it was, it was, they had, they were a well-oiled machine that they, they knew how to crank out their product. And so, you know, some people started to criticize phase three. They turned into the McDonald's of franchises because you know what you're going to get. I, I would say it's much more like a, a Olive Garden because it's a lot better food than McDonald's food. It's like high class, but it is corporate. Gotcha. I'm tracking with you on that. It's corporate. Gotcha. But um, you look at phase four and, you know, it's Shang-Chi and it's the Eternals. And you're going like, this is at the core of what you're doing. It's a lot more guardians of galaxy the first guardians of galaxy than it is giving us you know the fifth avengers movie and so it's a lot of experiments and then it's like let's do a prequel about black widow so i don't even know what to expect from it because it's such an odd batch of movies and then even the tv shows they're starting to announce they're you know wandavision we got the trailer for it three days ago or something as of when we we're recording this and it's you know weird and trippy and Wanda yeah. going into her brain to see yeah, fantasy world based off sick of, yeah, bonkers. Well, <laughs> like weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sean, for sharing your thoughts about the MCU. It was great having you here, but before I let you go, do you have a, 
a favorite comic book character? Um, you know, I, I go back and forth between Batman and Superman. Um, both of them, they're like the two archetypes of heroes. One yeah. is the, the god who has all the powers but chooses them for good. And one is the man with no powers and chooses to use all the gifts that he has to make it so that others don't face the pain that he's felt. And both of those are very compelling to me. Yeah, and, uh, so those, those are my great choices. So if you want to check out Sean's videos, his YouTube channel is Sean Chandler Talks About. If you enjoy his stuff, you can support him at patreon.com slash Sean Chandler. Thank you for coming, Sean. Thanks for having me. And thanks for tuning in on kpcradio.com.